Welcome back to Average Meeple, where average people talk about games. My name's James. I'm Cora. And I'm Grant. This week we're going to talk about PAX East. The reason we're talking about PAX East is because it's coming up this week. So we're just going to have a quick overview of some of the things that we found out at PAX over the years, um, some of the things we've seen, and then I think next week we'll probably do a show about all the things we saw at this PAX. Um, anyway, let's get to it. Uh, so what is PAX? PAX is a gaming convention in Boston, Massachusetts. PAX stands for Penny Arcade Expo. Um, it was started by the guys who do Penny Arcade, which if you're unfamiliar with Penny Arcade, it's a, it's a webcomic. It's been running for a long time. Um, you can go check out their site and see all that stuff. But focusing on the convention, it's a video and board gaming convention. And there's several of them, but we, we tend to go to the PAX East one because it's local. Yeah, so at the, at the convention, you'll see, you'll see board games. You'll see demos for the latest video games. There's a ton of talks, just talks on anything from how to publish a game to the social impact of games and everything in between. You'll see lots of gaming tournaments there, lots of retailers and vendors uh, selling their goods. Uh, it's just it's just a whole convention just focused on all aspects of gaming, and it's really gaming as almost a culture um, as much as a trade show. And it's just you see people there of all different types. You see cosplay and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, it's great. So yeah, we love to go every year and uh, just check it out. We get to meet, get to learn a lot of cool games, and yeah. I think this is actually our our seventh year attending. Um, I think so. We've been going since two thousand and twelve. So you know, we really like this is our favorite event of the year. Uh, normally, we have all of our friends from college who come to visit to to go, and it's just it's every every spring, and we just have a really good time. So. Uh, one of the big things about PAX, as Cora mentioned, is, uh, you know, it's maybe one, maybe our favorite event of the year, and a big part of that is just having everybody up here to play games with and whatnot. We have Grant with us, uh, who last year was his first PAX. So, yeah. Grant, what do you think of your very first PAX? Yeah, so PAX is not like your mom and pop convention. It's uh, honestly a little bit intimidating if I didn't have, like, the old pros. Uh, I'd probably be pretty lost, because... It is a big convention center, and you can spend all day wandering around and feel like you saw a million things and did absolutely nothing. So they helped me plan it out, so I was able to like do more stuff that I was interested in, uh, which made it a lot better. But it's definitely something like I would recommend everyone goes and checks out once because it doesn't matter if you're a living, breathing human, like you'll find something you enjoy there, and you'll you'll see some stuff, have a good time find some new things, but uh, it's a lot. It's over four days, so if you kind of like pick and choose what days you go, you might have a lot better time because Saturday and Sunday is not quiet. Just, yeah, for the, for if you guys didn't know this, uh, PAX East is the largest convention hosted in Boston uh, on a yearly basis. It brings more people to the city than pretty much any other event, so... It encapsulates, it, it it consumes the city, really. I mean, there's events that happen throughout Boston all weekend long. Not not just sponsored by PAX, but uh, lots of gaming companies will host their own events. Or there'll be, like, the Pokemon bar crawl happens every year and stuff like that. So Oh, yeah. If you're in Boston and you don't know PAX is going on, you're looking around going, like, what the... <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think Grant made a really interesting point, though, with PAX in that I think it's one of the sort of downfalls of PAX that if you go just blindly, it's it's almost hard to figure out what to do. 
Um, you know, in our in our many years of going, we've sort of, I guess, you know, figured out the things that we like to do there and what you even can do there. I think to speak to this, they actually have talks at PAX that explain to you how to go to PAX. <laughs> um, or, you know, or orientation to PAX. Like, what is PAX? Like, how, how to... How do you know, how do you make your way around packs? It's like, well, I'm already here. Like, I feel like I should, I should know that. But no, it's, 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 there's that much going on and it, it can be kind of overwhelming for sure. Well, I think we were lucky that we started off back far, so far back because we've been able to see it grow over time. So, you know, when we first went, it wasn't that overwhelming. There wasn't that many people. And, you it, know, it was so still pretty big. It was still pretty big. You know, I think it was actually the first year they had moved into the BCEC. Was it the second year? Second year, yeah. So, you know, it was still just growing, and I think they've pretty much hit capacity now. But, you know, it's still even overwhelming, especially on Saturday when, when we're in the convention center. And a lot of times we'll have to kind of leave and catch our breath to, before going back. Yeah, no, PAX is great um, in that, you know, if you do make it through your make it through the initial overwhelming aspect of it, there's a lot of cool things to see there. And um, we're going to go through some of the really cool games we've discovered over the years, you know, just playing games there, trying out demos and whatnot. There's there's tons of vendors there, demoing their latest games. Uh, there's the game designers, a lot of them are there. We'll talk about that a little bit. One other thing we're going to just touch on briefly is there's a big uh, video gaming competition there called Omegathon, uh, which is actually a random draft for people to get to get into. And Cora was fortunate enough to play an Omegathon one year. And it's going to be that kind of first topic I think we're going to share on things we've seen at PAX. Yeah, so that was that was two years ago. And it is a tournament that lasts four rounds. There's 32 people. You get randomly paired with a partner. Uh, and you just kind of make your way through the tournament. Uh, and the last team standing gets to go to any PAX that they want to. So most people usually pick PAX Australia. So I got paired up with my now really good friend, uh, Dizzy Lizard, and we went through the first round, which was actually Codenames, uh, which is a, a game I think I mentioned was one of my favorites last episode, and we had a, uh, we, we did win, uh, we did get through the first round, and then the second round was a game out of Australia called Kiru, which wasn't even finished, it was an alpha version, and it didn't go so well, so we, we, we got cut out in the second round. Uh, but, you know, it really, it was really fun because you kind of get to see a different side of packs. Uh, we got to go in early, an hour early on Friday and get to see all the vendors and stuff before the throngs of people. And you get to, you get to know Travis, who's one of the, the main employees at Penny Arcade. And we had a really good time and it was really great. I got, all my friends came and cheered us on, which was really fun too. So all of it's live streamed. So I had a lot of friends and family who were watching online, and and you can watch a lot of packs online. Actually, we didn't mention that is all. Of, oh, I think most of or pretty much all of the talks are, are streamed on Twitch. So and, and including Omegathon, it was a it was a pretty big honor getting chosen for that. Was pretty amazing being one of thirty two people chosen out of tens of thousands of people who buy tickets was pretty amazing. Awesome. So anything else you want to say about that? Are you good on that? Yeah, I think Omegathon in a nutshell. That uh, yeah, so that's that's Omegathon in a nutshell. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. Um, as Core mentioned, it's, it is streamed on Twitch, and it's really it's really fun to watch. If uh, even if you don't end up going to PAX, anyway. So I, I'd like to kind of segue into into a separate topic on how some of the cool games we've seen over the years at PAX. Um, it's definitely a way that we learn about new games. Um, 
games that we like get to try them before buying them, right? And we're actually going to start with Grant, because, you know, being his first backs, so he got to try out some cool games. So, Grant, why don't you pick a game or two and tell us about uh, what you saw? Yeah, so I went to one talk while I was at PAX that uh, James dragged me to. I thought it would be interesting. Some game developers talked about them making games, etc. And two of the guys who talked, who were brothers, if I remember correctly, were the developers of Dragoon. You haven't played Dragoon. It's a really fun game. It was, like, one of my most favorite games at the time of going to PAX. They had actually just come out with the Dragoon expansion when I was at PAX. So we sat down, I think the four of us, myself, James, and two of his friends, if I remember right. And we played the new Dragoon expansion with the developers. So that was interesting. Uh, It didn't go super smoothly, but, you know, it was a cool experience. And now we have the Dragoon expansion, though I don't think we've ever played it. (laughs) Um, Have we played the expansion? We played it that weekend at PAX after buying it. Um, No, I've played it since. Okay, Corey's played it, pulled it out a couple times since, but... It's tough. When you, when you start collecting a lot of games... Yeah, it's hard to get them on the table. They, they start to fall. A lot of them start to fall to the wayside. But If you haven't played Dragoon, it has like some of the best piece feel of like any game. Mm. Like it's heavy metal pieces that are like... And the board... Have a nice is... enamel. The board's yeah. nice. The board's like cloth. cloth. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Rolling metal die is just so satisfying. So... Yeah. Dragoon's a fun game if you ever get a chance to play it. Yeah. Um... Even more than the good games I remember, there were some horrible games. There's a whole section of packs that's all kind of like indie developers, a lot of like video game developers. Um, we played a few like new card games and stuff, but they were kind of like social deduction card games or like you kind of, you have to like be a salesman and stuff. That, that wasn't that fun. But I do remember a particular video game that was in being dev by some group from a school um, and it was kind of like if you took Spyro into real life, but like also Minecraft. And I guess they like kind of overlooked the fact that like they had programmed in a way for like your pickaxe to degrade. But when you start in the demo, you're underground and you need to get above the surface. My pickaxe degraded instantaneously almost. And I had to dig my way out, which took about 15 minutes to go, I don't know, 25 feet. Was that to use my claws? So I just, you know, you don't want to break their hearts. Maybe it's a great game now. Who knows? But you can get lost in the sea of half-baked uh, video games. The board gaming section is, uh, I'd say, a lot better flushed out. There are definitely some developers who are... Or they're, they're, I mean, they're demoing their games that aren't even published yet to try and get feedback. And there's definitely some that leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> Sure. Uh, yeah, you can silo yourself of packs super easily too. Like I spent the entire second day of my packs experience last year playing Magic the Gathering, and I hadn't really I'd played Magic a few times when I was like really young, and I had gone to packs with a friend who was into Magic, and Magic has like a fat representation of packs. They got a whole zone for Magic, and I got roped into like a few tournaments, and actually it was great. Like really crushing your opponent's soul playing magic especially as a noob because they know you're a noob and they still lose to you is great um but yeah i i essentially spent my entire second day at pax playing magic so i there's a whole lot of packs that you know i've barely scratched scratched the surface and i spent two whole days there so i mean it will take seven years of going every year 
Yeah. And I'm sure you guys haven't even seen everything. No. I think, uh, well, talking about Magic, actually this year they're premiering a new tournament format uh, at, at PAX. And I, I heard that there is a lot of people from all over the world, big big names in Magic, who are going to be coming to PAX East this year to play. Uh, apparently there's a very big prize yeah, but I heard a little I, I'm bit not, about it. Yeah, I'm not in into it too deep. It's just uh, our, one of our friends who's who's more into it who's explaining this. So that's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so Cora, why don't you pull out a few games that you experienced during PAX that were memorable to you? So I think the the biggest one that came out of PAX for us uh, was Red Dragon Inn. Uh, we sat down with uh, one of the publishers. Uh, who demoed the game with us, and I think we were hooked right away. It's really simple, but really, it's a really fun game. Uh, the The object of the game is uh, you've got your your adventurers coming back from your from your latest conquest, and you're you're at the Red Dragon Inn, and you know everyone's buying drinks, and you're having a good time, and so the object of the game is to make it through the night the longest. And so you're trying to get other people drunk <laughs> to the point where they pass out before you do. And I think the fun story that came from when we when we were learning that the the guy who was demoing told us a story about how the the day before he had demoed a, a, to a bunch of guys and they bought a copy and were really excited about it and went and played it that night and only one of them showed back up the next day and he came and he told them that every time that they drank in the game they drank in real life uh and no nobody made it back the next day <laughs> so it, it is a game that is easily turned into a drinking game uh, definitely so um and we've We've bought, I think, oh, I think all six expansions now at this point, or five of them at least. Yeah, I think we're missing one of the six. But. Yeah. Um, so we, we we really enjoy that game. And then last year, uh, they they came out with a game that's set in the same universe called Battle for Greyport, uh, and my friend and I demoed that. And they had it was time it was a time based demo. So if you beat the scenario by the end by the time limit then they would give you, you know, a certain percentage off the game or something like that. And throughout the whole weekend, no team had done it. And we got within one, the last minute, we were able to complete it. And it we had a good time. And so we, I did end up buying the game with the discount. And then the third game I talk about that I played uh, was Happy Salmon. And Happy Salmon is a really simple, really silly game that I have introduced to so many people who have all loved it. Basically, what it is, is everyone has a stack of cards with four different actions on it, and you, which it's like high five, fist bump, you switch places, or happy salmon, which is this kind of funny hand arm slapping thing that you do. And so the object of the game is to get rid of all your cards, and you do that by matching your action with somebody else's. So everyone's there kind of shouting, you know, high five, high five, high five, or pound it, pound it, pound it. And so it gets really loud and crazy because people are running around, switching places. And we actually really like playing the silent version of it. So it's a lot of people just making crazy hand gestures and running around and it's really quiet. 
And uh, like I said, I've introduced this to a number of family members and family friends, and I've gotten copies for people. And it's so simple and easy to play that it's a gr- and it's a it's a great icebreaker game. Uh, we have uh, two copies of it, and so I think th- those are really the games that I've I've gotten the most play out of that I I discovered at PAX. So awesome! Yeah, going through my list, I, I wouldn't say that these are the games that. Uh, I've gotten the most play out of since PAX, but it, it's just a couple games that come to mind um, for various reasons. I'll, I'll talk about those, but uh, one of them is called Thornwatch, and Thornwatch is actually a game. One of the primary developers of Thornwatch is Mike Rahulik, who is the illustrator for the Penny Arcade comic that this whole convention is, you know, sort of stemmed from. So yeah, so it's so Mike Rahulik and another guy, uh, Mike Selinker, who uh, I think I did meet when we. I think he was at the booth that they were doing he this. He was there, yeah. The demo. Um, but we didn't like play with him. But Thornwatch is a very interesting sort of it's almost like a D and D esque type thing. It's, it's there's like certain campaigns you can sort of play through, and there's there's tiles that you can kind of build um, a, a landscape from, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We've we've we played it we played it twice at PAX demoing it, and we played it once um, since. Actually suffered like a whole injury that night. It's a whole thing, but that's that's for a future episode. That's a few, we We'll talk, talk about, about that, that in a future episode, but. Um, Along with stump. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, we'll, make, we'll make an Game episode games on that games that are dangerous. Games in which you can injure yourself. That would actually be a good episode. But uh, so that was that was a fun game we picked up, and I actually or I actually kickstarted that copy, which so I actually have a copy of Thorn Watch that's um, signed by by all the creators, which is fun. Um, another another good game we picked up at PAX was Boss Monster, which if you recall from the last episode, I believe Grant marked that as his favorite game. Yeah, so Boss Monster is a game we picked up. Well, a few years ago, and I don't know, that was immediately a hit for us. We, uh, you know, we, we demoed it, and then uh, I didn't immediately buy a copy, but my, my one friend did, and we just proceeded to play it the entire rest of packs, basically. Like, we just kind of skipped a lot of skipped a lot of other things we might go see, and we just sit in the hallway somewhere and, and play it. Um, but that, that was a great game, and we played it a number of times uh, since. Uh, it was one of the, you know, first games we introduced Grant to. Yeah, we've, gotten, we've gotten a lot of use out of that game. But yeah, I mean, apart from demoing games, um, one of the big things I like to do at PAX is I like to go to some of the panels that talk about designing board games. Um, for a long time, I've had this desire to try and design a board game, and, and I have a handful of games I'm sort of working on, but they're not really going anywhere. But so I, I always love to go to those panels and see some of those things, um, and that's that's where I spend a lot of my time at PAX. Some of the cool things there, I mean, some of the designers you get to meet, though, like, you know, you go up after the panel and, and talk to them or whatever, and... Or the, you know they'll say, oh, I'm you know I'm downstairs at this booth demoing my game. If you want to come check it out, and you know we've done that a number of times. And we actually have a number of, of signed games by the developers. Um, I think I mentioned like we have a th- signed copy of Thorn Watch, but the Dragoon game that we have, we got that signed one year. Um, a couple other games we have is just just desserts we have signed, and we have a signed game, uh, signed version of the game Poop the game, um, which is uh, sort of like an Uno type thing. It's it's a fun, silly game. Anyways, yeah, that, that, that's a list of some of the cool games we've seen. I think we're going to segue a little bit into into a side topic of games in that games that are good for lines. You spend a lot of time in lines. Yeah, so if you're going to PAX and you're going into any of the big talks, you know, the popular ones, or, you know, certain video games tend to be super popular to demo... Um, and or so even, you can spend, or even just in the queue line to get into the convention. Sure, in the yeah. Or if you get there very early in the morning because you want to be the first one to get to something, there's a line you're in. So there's a lot of lines at PAX, and you'll likely find yourself standing in one. 
So this is a list of games that we sort of came up with that we that we tend to take with us um, to play in line while we're waiting. Um, and so I'll let I'll let Cora uh, talk about that list. Yeah, I think the one that we've probably gotten the most use out of in line is Bang the Dice Game. And I think the one big benefit this game has going for it is how many people you can play. So a lot of times, you know, we'll have our group of people and then we'll start inviting other people in line that we don't know, but, you know, we'll, we'll invite them in to play the game. And I think Bang the Dice Game plays eight people. So, you know, you can get a pretty good, good sized group going. And it's very simple. It's mostly just you have one card, your character card, and your character has a, a special ability. And then you will just roll the die. And the die each have multiple things that happen where you can shoot other people, you can heal yourself, so on and so forth. But it's very simple to explain to people who have never played. It takes up very little room. And then you can play with a lot of people. So it's a great game to have in line. Another game that we we normally like to play is Love Letter. It's a simple card-based elimination game that the rounds are very quick. Again, it takes up very little space, and it's good for a smaller group. It doesn't take very much time. So again, easy to have in, in a line. Love Letter is a lot of fun. It is. It's, a, it's another one of those games that I've introduced to a lot of even non-board game people, uh, and they've picked up very quickly and are able to play and enjoy. So, uh, is there any other ones that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of couple of the games I'll mention real quick, and they're just dice based games. And, and the beauty of these games is that you know you can just play them with a, you know just literally a thing of dice. So if you just bring a set of dice with you, you can play uh, Pirates Dice is a fun game. You can play it with really any number, but it just it refers to D6, nothing fancy, and um, it's sort of a um, sort of a I don't want to call it gambling, but um, it's like a bidding game, and people get eventually eliminated, and you know, you can check it out. It's a fun, fun game, simple game. And the other one is Zombie Dice, which does require a specific set of dice, but it's just, it's, it's quick to play, it's quick to set up, it's quick to tear down, so um, we tend to play a lot of that in line. But anyway, yeah, that's some of the, it's just some of the games I think uh, that we came up with. That we, and these are games that we play a lot while we're waiting in line, so um, we think it's a good list. Anyway, I think we have a couple more things we want to touch on. So just to wrap it up, just going to ask a couple final questions here. So, Decora, what is the thing that you were most looking forward to this PAX? I think uh, there's a game that I really would like to, to try called Life Siphon. It's by the same developers, uh, Lay Waste Games, who did Dragoon. And I actually was taught Dragoon by one of the developers at a indie board game night in Boston, the, the guys are really nice. The games are always really quality. So the the game is on Kickstarter right now. So what I want to do is I want to try out the game, see if I if I enjoy it, and then and then kickstart it. And just another little side note, I'm also excited about pins and pin collecting because that's another big thing that happens at PAX that I that I enjoy. So money that's, flushing. That's <laughs> yeah. That's that's a whole different topic, but uh, we'll talk about that maybe next week. No, yeah, I think for me, like I said, I normally like to go to a couple panels on board game design. Uh, this year, I'll have to look at the schedule again. I didn't see that many. I did see one I'm excited about where supposedly in the one-hour time slot, we're going to sit down and design a board game from start to finish. Oh, that's cool. But I don't know 
they must already have a lot of ideas up front or something. I don't know. Maybe they're going to take suggestions from the audience and quickly build it into a game. I don't know. I have no idea how that's going to go, but that sounds pretty cool. Um, so I'll probably check that out. Outside of that, I just have a couple of games I would like to demo. They're not new, just um, older games I, I haven't played yet um, that are kind of on my short list to buy. So I might go see if I can check those out in the free play area, uh, namely uh, Beast for Odin and Blood Rage. And so for Grant, I'm going to ask a little different question. Instead of what are you most looking forward to, I'm going to ask, have you decided if you're going to PAX or not? Yeah, so for me, last year I went to PAX. It was a lot of fun, but I'm still in, like, college mindset. I'm not eating ramen anymore, but PAX isn't super cheap. It's like $55 day tickets, right? Yeah, about that. It's not And cheap. last year I spent an entire day playing Magic at PAX. So I spent $55 to do something that I could have done for free. Uh... You know, maybe. I probably would have not done it, but... <laughs> right. Um, so this year, I haven't bought any tickets yet. I don't know if I will buy tickets, but I'll just say definitely go to PAX once, but then decide if you're like, really want to do it again. I'm not like, you know, watching Kickstarter. I'm not like in the cutting edge board game culture like Cora and James. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have things to like specifically look forward to and they got like their whole crew going um so it's like a thing for them for me it's more like uh yeah it's like a fun weekend thing but do i want to spend 110 dollars to spend more money at PAX? <laughs> it's fair it, it's it's completely fair i mean for us it is it is just a big event it's like an excuse for all of our our distant buddies to, to travel up here and, and to get together plus they did all the hard work already i can just like live vicariously through them they bring <laughs> Back. Like, all the good games here. Bring, bring, bring I, play the them. I don't back. even have to buy them. So um, no, that's fair. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna work on getting Grant into the board game culture. Said so he's itching to go. Now we're gonna talk Grant into going on Thursday because if you're gonna go to PAX for one day, just go Thursday. It's so much less busy. It's it's by far the best day. Don't go Saturday. Thursday best day. Saturday seems like you know oh it's convenient. It's a Saturday. It's not convenient. The lines are twice as long. Everything is twice as packed. And it's, that's when all the the Twitch and YouTube YouTubers are there. So yeah, so the, it's twice the, as smelly. All the 12-year-olds are out in full force. So, so Yeah, so that's our uh, history on PAC. Anyway, uh, that's our show this week. I uh, appreciate the listens. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Glory to the meeple. Glory to the meeple.